Hello and welcome to the Tech Disputes Network's Need to Know Basis podcast series, which offers a convenient way of getting on top of the most important new developments and cases involving issues with a technology angle via short podcasts of approximately 15 minutes in length, presented by the leading experts in the field. These podcasts offer succinct summaries of the key points to note on the topics we all need to know about in a way that takes up as little of your time as possible. This podcast series is brought to you by the Tech Disputes Network, which is a London-based forum for those engaged with contentious technology issues. My name is Mike Cumming-Bruce, and I'm one of the founders of the TDN, which I encourage you to join by registering at disputes.tech to receive information about our upcoming events and initiatives, which are all free of charge. This week's podcast is about one of the many ways in which AI is changing the way in which lawyers work. Automated chronologies, which broadly refers to the process of automated classification, chronological ordering and effective presentation of matter-related documents, is a great illustrative example of how the much-touted law-tech revolution is playing out in practice. While the headlines all too often focus only on the distant and speculative potential of AI to essentially replace lawyers, the real-world reality is less grandiose, more helpful, and, notwithstanding the aura of robotic impenetrability that often surrounds AI, particularly good at making complicated things simpler and more digestible for people. The fact of the matter is that the singularity is nowhere near, but the end of a lot of the more tedious litigation tasks and the start of a more intuitive, collaborative and, dare I say it, potentially enjoyable process for disputes professionals appears much closer at hand, ushered in by applications that, for example, help us all to visualise a client's case as the kind of chronological narrative that all people, even lawyers, inevitably use to make sense of the world. To present this podcast, we are very pleased to welcome Sophie Brock, who was an experienced commercial disputes lawyer at a number of very well-known firms, and who is now the head of litigation solutions at Litigate.ai. Litigate.ai are a company at the forefront of law tech innovation, providing an operating system made for the specific purpose of making litigators' lives easier via various innovative and practical applications of AI. We are pleased and privileged to welcome Sophie. Hello, and thank you so much for having me to speak on the Tech Disputes Network today in such distinguished company, thank you. My name's Sophie Brock. In a previous life, I was a litigator. I trained at Baker McKenzie in London. I qualified a very long time ago in 2010 and then went on to specialise in insurance litigation at DWF in London. I'm now head of solutions at legal tech company Litigate. I'm going to be speaking today about the amazing world of digital chronologies or automated chronologies. So what's out there, what's on the market, how automated chronologies can be a game changer for lawyers and basically why they're so brilliant. I feel fortunate to have lived both worlds, so to speak, in terms of almost a decade as an insurance litigator to now working in the tech world on products that aim to address the very pain points that I experienced firsthand in private practice. 
I really, really love litigation in terms of the strategy, the tactics, the careful crafting of a body of evidence, the dynamics of it. But at the same time, I found that much of the day-to-day -day tasks of a litigator, keeping on top of various versions of documents and everything they contain and so on, and sometimes felt akin to a sort of project management. Um, and I, I found that too much time had to be spent on what were essentially administrative type document related tasks. And so I've always been passionate about finding tools to circumvent the sort of document centric faffing, for want of a better word, that litigators have to spend so much time on. So back to chronologies. And um, first of all, why are they so important? Why do lawyers care so much about chronologies? I'd like to start with a reflection. I was at the home of a friend of mine many years ago um, and her youngest child, uh, who was about age about two at the time, threw a most spectacular tantrum. He just absolutely lost it about something or other. And she distracted him beautifully by telling him a story. And she just sat down with him and started telling him this story in a lovely animated way. And this child was totally enraptured. He calmed right down and all was well. It was really quite impressive to see. Anyway, I told her later on, I said to her, gosh, you're so good at telling stories. And she said, yes, well, I was a professional storyteller, you know. I said, what do you mean? And she said, I was a criminal barrister. And I often reflect on that and I think, isn't that just spot on? Isn't litigation all about telling the story or the stories of your case? The whole point, as I see it, is getting your story across with all the relevant angles highlighted and supported and so on. And, and really making an impact on your, on your audience. So why are chronology so important for your case and litigation? A key principle in litigation, as every lawyer is painfully aware, is guarding against being caught out more often than not by missing or overlooking some detail in the evidence. If they are to succeed, litigators must remain acutely aware of the minutiae of not one but two stories. Firstly, the story of the claim itself, the background, the context and the evidence from every angle. And secondly, the story of the litigation, so the procedural twists and turns, offers made, correspondence, applications and the like. The primary job of a litigator, as I see it, is to stay on top of these two stories simultaneously to be able to access every detail in its proper context as and when the court or, or one's client requires it. And a good chronology fulfills the vital role of getting the story straight, making all the key details accessible in an instant and crucially without you having to memorize anything so that you can stay on top of your case. Because litigators care about the story, not the documents, but the documents are all we have to go on. And as we found, putting things in chronological order can get quite messy. But we often see a chronology that is in reality merely a chronological document index containing a summary of each document. And facts or events tend to get sort of trapped within the summary and with the date of their source documents. Some facts or events are mentioned in more than one document. Some are disputed or not yet proven and, and might be omitted from a traditional chronology for those reasons, which is obviously quite risky. As a junior lawyer, I assisted a partner who used something called a composite chronology on each of his cases. And this composite chronology was 
essentially a huge spreadsheet, a huge table created manually, listing out the key extracts or the salient points from all of the evidence in his case with a column for the source document, another column for the page numbers on which it was found, another column for which folder that source document was stored in and so on and so on. And it was obviously, when complete, a very useful tool, but only as long as it was kept totally up to date, which was, of course, a full-time job of copying and pasting. And every time a new document, any new document, came in, its salient points had to be added to this very unwieldy document and cross-checked against all the rest of the entries. And of course, as soon as you missed one entry or as soon as a new document existed that hadn't yet been logged into this huge table, the whole thing arguably became worthless. And so I think that this example highlights why automated chronologies are such an amazing tool for lawyers. First of all, digital chronologies use AI to extract the relevant raw data from the case documents. And then they treat each event from across the whole body of your case data as a separate entity, regardless of the source document of that event, and of course, regardless of the date of that source document. And so listing each event separately, rather than listing each document separately, reveals a meaningful story in a much clearer way. It means that the facts found in each document appear at the proper point in the overall story of the case, which is especially helpful given that some documents will be the source of multiple facts. Secondly, digital chronologies can be generated and regenerated to focus on different aspects or even different time periods of a case. So you've got very sophisticated filtering tools that sit alongside these chronology tools that mean that lawyers can take a very focused sort of a, a snapshot of a particular aspect or a particular angle of a case and then can keep adjusting the focus. So editing or changing the filtering settings to shift the focus or to add more peripheral detail and so on. You can say limit your chronology to just correspondence and pleadings within a specific date range and then later on update it to add other types of content too. And in this way the chronology can act as a sort of a thinking tool. I say that because it lets you build up a picture or pictures of your case calmly and methodically and it's a great way to quickly and accurately assess the merits of a case or of a particular line of argument and then you can of course save the chronology edit it share it export it and so on just you know many many permutations depending on the specific task at hand and crucially and it is sort of part of the same point but you can take advantage of auto updating capabilities with a, with a digital chronology. So as your case develops and as new documents are uploaded to the platform that you're working on, you can update your entire chronology in just a couple of clicks, saving so much time. Another key value of digital chronologies, um, in my view, and of digital litigation generally, of course, is just the sheer flexibility um, that you can enjoy. So, as I mentioned earlier, preparing chronologies in the traditional way could mean limiting their content to, let's say, only the facts or events that are accepted or agreed. And that, of course, could remove the whole world of detail and could omit key parts of the picture. With an automated chronology, you can take advantage of the many possible permutations of navigating your data. 
So, for example, including disputed facts in your chronology and marking them as such gives you pretty much an instant overview of, let's say, the distance between the parties on a particular point or the lacunae in the evidence and so on. And that can be really useful when you're, let's say, preparing to make an application or preparing to draft a witness statement or whatever it might be. And then another huge advantage of working with digital chronologies is, of course, the collaboration aspect. So when working digitally, lawyers can work with their colleagues, colleagues, no matter where they are in live time, which is, of course, especially important now with people in and out of lockdown and what have you. So everyone has access to the same documents and crucially the same knowledge. And in that way, you sort of remove any blind spots and you can also, of course, save huge amounts of time on back and forth in correspondence. You can simply share access to the chronology that you've created. And equally, that can form the body of an update to a client or to counsel or even uh, the, the main body of a, an instructions to an expert witness. There are many, many possibilities, just depending, of course, on what exactly you're doing on your case. And so I think that's just a, a little bit of an overview of some of the many benefits of automated chronologies and just, and, and just a quick sort of snapshot of the very clever things that, that you can do with them. And to finish, I think it's important to mention that while technology cannot, and, and I think should not, replace the real work of a litigator, the real thinking and strategizing work, but rather it acts as a very, very powerful tool uh, that gets litigators a, a really decent way through the sort of digging or the groundwork, the fiddly summarizing and cross-referencing and so on. And it just means that lawyers can then hit the ground running with all of this data at their fingertips. And so I think it's a really fantastic development in legal tech. I think litigators are better equipped than they've ever been. And I'm really excited to see what they'll do next. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast.